Hey, are you looking to find good, local, grass-fed, grass-finished beef that's raised using regenerative agricultural practices? Then look no further than Pete and Megan over at Barney Creek Livestock. Find them on the web at www.barneycreek.com. Don't delay. Fall orders are going on now. Hey, everybody. This is Jesse Thomas, again, with Sustainable Wellness, and we are continuing on with our six-week-long podcast series all about prioritizing health and wellness. And here with us today in the studio, we have Elizabeth Moore, who is a filmmaker, endurance athlete, and mother of two. She's also a photographer. Um, She is in the middle, currently, of making a film called Mountain Mama, And we're going to talk to her a little bit about that today. We're also going to talk to her a little bit about her experiences as an endurance athlete and a mother. We're going to talk to her a little bit about her film and um, how she has prioritized her health or what her experiences are training as an athlete and um, kind of what the whole thesis is about this film. So, um, hi, Elizabeth. Hi there. Thanks for having me. talk a little bit about this film because I think this film really kind of feeds into what what we're trying to accomplish here with this podcast and and I really want people today to get this understanding of um, the challenges around being a mother um, that they're not imagined it's not a personal thing um, it really is just that hard and so in 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 efforts to kind of help people make changes We're going to have these conversations. We're going to flesh out these issues from a lot of different angles so that people can recognize they're not alone with them and that we can move on them. Yeah, I guess the log line, and it's always kind of shifting and changing, but what I come back to is um, this film is about um, three... It's it's a few different um, women that I'm following here in town. One of them is you and a couple other women who are uh, athletes and also mothers and kind of our journey that um, is taken, like the balance we have to strike in order to get back to the wild places we like to be in and um, to the sports that we enjoy doing. And I, what I'm really enjoying about this whole experience of it, this uh, kind of the adventure of this film for me has been, and this is my very first you know, documentary film that I've ever done, um, is that at first, um, when you first get to know these folks and get into their lives a little bit, you're in their homes, and at first there's a stiffness. There's a um, there's a kind of you're like, a guard, like yeah, that? there's a guard. Like like you said, when you go to the um, when you go to schools and you don't see that anyone else looks like they have any um, everything's going great. Yeah, everything's great. You know. Um, but what I've enjoyed seeing is the inner side, that softer side, and the the guts of what this film is going to be about is literally the balance. I mean, um, one moment, um, like one of the women um, is Katie Garten, and she one moment she's nursing her baby, and then she takes off in a run um, to get a little bit of time to herself for her day, and tr- she's also training for a race here coming up this fall. Um, and, you know, also her husband is really, really supportive of mm-hmm. her getting out. Mm-hmm. And she knows how important it is to her. Because even if you go out for like 
you know, 15, 20 minutes for a run, you come back with a whole new perspective. You <laughs> missed your baby. You know, you, you see that baby again and um, you you come back with a whole new uh, lease on life if you can get just a little a little taste of what it is that makes you tick and that makes you feel happy and alive. And um, so I guess this has been really great for me because I've been able to get to know these three women really well. And I have seen kind of the underbelly of their lives. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the window dressing that we see when we drop off kids. Um, But it is a beautiful thing. And um, so many things with my own life have been reflected back to me and remembering those times when my kids were really super small Mm -hmm. um, because my kids are now 7 and 11. But when I was inspired to do this film, my, my first baby was um was nursing and i was at the Banff film festival and you know leaking milk on the third hour watching the films and i'm thinking where are my people where are the women in the films in the film you know yeah. you know just women and, and then on top of that there might have been a couple of women in there but they weren't mothers and i was just i was really inspired by that and then i got this um i was extra inspired that maybe shortly after that i got a call for entries from the Banton Film Festival, just because I was on a listserv of some sort. Um, And it got me thinking about it. And so I've been thinking about this film for like 11 years. And so it's really cool to see it come to fruition and know it's not done yet, but I'm in the process. And I have a feeling just with my special, I I think a mom had to make this film. Yeah. um, Because it couldn't be made by a man. It couldn't be necessarily made by a woman, necessarily, unless she could see the value in... um, the, the lives of how, how very difficult it is sometimes to strike that balance between your life at home and then getting out to do those things that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, I think that it does. And I, I think um, trying, to get, you know, trying to get a visual on the underbelly, the, the stuff that we're all trying to pretend like we're not going through uh, or not look like we're going through um, – is, is good. And then also that, you know, I don't know if there really is such a thing as balance currently. Like if we're, I don't even think it's possible for, for parents or mothers to have balance. I think the best we can do is have boundaries. And so it's kind of like, what does that, um, what does that look like? What are the sacrifices we have to make in order to try to train or achieve an athletic goal and, you know, how does balancing a family look in there? Um, and, and what is that like? Cause there's just no, there's no dialogue about it. There's no, there's no science out there about women's physiology. I mean, just now they're starting to get to that. And as soon as I had my daughter, I was like, wanted to shout from the rooftops. Like, um, everybody needs to know like what I have just been through to get this child out of my body And then to also then feed and be the sole person to grow this person, like beyond the womb, was something more challenging physically, more life-altering than anything I had ever been through. And yet (laughs) the whole world is going on like nothing happened. And I'm like, I think every time a child is born and a woman steps into that, role I think it's like wow wow everyone should just pause and like bow down because that is some real shit going on there it's it's 
the most amazing physical endeavor I've ever embarked on. And without a doubt, the most challenging. And one of the women I used to smoke jump with, who was also an endurance athlete, she she got asked a question one day by a person who was just coming through to you know learn more about smoke jumping. And they said, what's the most challenging thing that you've ever done? And they said, oh, you know, they were expecting an answer like, oh, this really hard pack out I did or this big tree I cut down or whatever. And she was just said, giving birth. <laughs> and it's the truth. I mean, and so she had had that perspective of being this new mother and then going back to smoke jumping and being honestly, I mean, I don't mean to, and this isn't to like put anybody down, but, um, nothing compares to that. Nothing I ever did as a smoke jumper. And I don't think women recognize that. I don't think that we're given the space to really recognize how amazing physically that is, but then how different our bodies are, our different, how different our needs are and how much more we're doing. And I think that widely, I think it's just looked at as like being this really insignificant thing. So I, I just want to know for you as a mother who just, who was an adventure racer and then had kids, what motivated you to want to do this movie? Like, where was that in there where you were just like, people have to know about this? You know, at first, when I, when I first saw um, the BAM, festival and mm-hmm. I was thinking <clears throat> I was still thinking along the lines of oh my gosh it'd be really fun to go out with some girlfriends of mine to go do something really kind of epic and let's let's film it that'd be really great that'd be fun just to um have something on the horizon like for me because I was in uh, baby land at the time mm-hmm. and my little one was only three months old when I saw that um I was still thinking it wasn't necessarily about the story that I ended up with. Because at first it was, what can I personally go out and do? Well, then I realized mm-hmm. as time was going on that there was it was really hard for me to get separated from my daughter because I was home with her. And um, so, and, and in fact, the birth, I had a pretty easy birth compared to a lot of women. Um, so I still wouldn't say that birth was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. Mm-hmm. at all not even well I don't know maybe it's close but it was hard but it wasn't it, you know there was an end to it and I didn't <laughs> suffer too long not like women who go out, you know 36 hours of labor and stuff mm-hmm. um me right here yeah yeah not like you <laughs> um but I uh I felt like part of myself was being lost um mm. when I had the baby when she was actually in my arms I remember like those feelings, I guess they're the only sort of postpartum feelings that I had. So I can have a little empathy um, or a lot of empathy, I guess, for women that do actually have postpartum because I had the blues, which were um, very mild compared to some. But when my husband came home and, and he'd been gone all day, I had like a two-week-old and um, he needed to mow the lawn. Um, I, I remember when he came in and said he needed to mow the lawn. It's like he just came in this house. Like, why is he going to leave me again? I like I, I yeah. felt like I was physically reaching out and grabbing his ankles. Like, don't <laughs> leave me now, yeah. you know. And I yeah. remember um, my baby was born in June. And so the longest days of the year were right then. Yeah. And <clears throat> I remember about 10 o'clock at night were my hardest times where I was seeing the sunset over um over Blue Mountain in my backyard, and I was just like, I just, the tears would start flowing, and I would just be like, I don't even know why I'm crying right now. I just, I'm going into a dark night, and it's going to be sleepless, and oh, I just, yeah. um, 
I felt like a little part of myself was getting lost because I couldn't even get myself, it seemed, I couldn't even get myself a drink of water that yeah. I really, really needed. I couldn't even somehow get to the kitchen. to. It just seemed like it was an impossibility. It, it changed for me, and I was not so immobilized, but I was so nervous because my daughter didn't have the right latch. She wasn't getting enough nutrition. All these things that kind of, those parts were really the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily the birth, but, you know, the, the nursing and all of that and the, the somebody needing me for the very first time in my life. I felt like, I'm not saying I was superhuman before by any means, but I went out and did a lot of different things and I didn't consider the fact that um, there's somebody that actually needs me now. It was it was a real hard thing for me to be like I am mortal. If I die, it matters, you know. Like, mm -hmm. um, and it's not like it didn't before, but that was a hard moment. Um, those those moments, and then so when when she was like about 13 days old, I think it was the first time I took her up Sentinel. I mean, I'd been up Sentinel two days before she was born, and mm -hmm. she was born three weeks early, three and a half weeks early, and very healthy um, kid, and um, probably because of all the marching up and down Sentinel, but. Um, when we went out, it was like this first little glimpse that I had, like, oh my gosh, I can have this baby, she can come with me, yeah. and yeah. I can have this thing that I love so much, and I'm so passionate about, and I can get back out to this place that I love so much. And I guess for me, it did feel like balance to me, because mm -hmm. if I could just get her out there, and she was with me, I felt like um, I could still have the things that make me feel so happy, and she she was with me so I never had any worries about her this other like appendage of mine I could just bring her along and that was what opened it up for me I thought that oh life's over but no I just she was a package and I brought her around everywhere and she could enjoy it too you know once she started you know seeing the flowers and things like that it just opened the whole world up to me and you know when when you've asked me in the past about like what are my you know, I know you kind of listed off some of the things that I've done in the last, you know, 20 years, these adventure races and, and mountain bike rides and this and that. I mean, there are personal adventures that I truly love. I mean, I love that I, with a girlfriend of mine, we biked and took 12 days from Seward to Prudhoe Bay. It was like a 1,200-mile bike ride. We did it. Um, like really Before you had kids. Before kids. Yeah. Totally a selfish adventure. Yeah. Um, and my husband was the sag wagon. You know, mm -hmm. he brought our stuff. So we, we were going to do it and bring all our stuff with us. But then we decided that we would just do really huge days, do like 100 milers every day for like 12 days. And yeah. I think there was one day off there. Those are amazing experiences. But now, like, I was thinking about the most critical and um, the things that I'm the proudest of now are fun things that happen. Like, it might have just been, like, I was thinking about this one time I took the kids after school and early out day, I had them both in the canoe. I think Campbell was, my younger daughter was like two and Asher was six. And I took them in the kayak. And by the end of this kayak ride, I barely had a thing on because they had my shirt. So I'm down to like, my, <laughs> I'm basically down to yeah. underwear yeah. so they could be happy because they got all wet. And yeah. and those are kind of the accomplishments that I'm most happy with, that I'm mo I think are most um, you know, like I got them down and they somehow, you know, they made it out alive and they were happy and they were smiling mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we shared this yeah. or a backpacking trip where I said, darn it, they're getting old enough to probably be carrying more than just water and snacks and 
you know, darn it, they're going to carry something else. And then I have every single backpack, every single <laughs> bit of water right, hanging exactly. off some, or, you know, because you just, because if it looks like your kids are going to have a bad time yes. in the moment, and then it's going to impact future trips, yes. you would do anything oh, yeah. to make that good. Yeah. But back to what you said yeah. earlier about getting, you know, being this new mom and knowing that you're heading into this night where you know you're not going to get sleep and you know, I mean, and you've been an adventure racer where you're up for four, three or four days at a time. Um, and you're just getting a taste of like, I can't, I can't do that or I can't do this. And I feel like it was a human being that I was dealing with and not, not just me getting through, you know, it was like, I remember calling the ER several times that first week. Oh, I don't know what's wrong, but the heartbeat doesn't seem like it's quite right. Like it'll be beating really fast and then just like barely going. Like, I don't know. I mean, those are the things I was worried about in the middle of the night. Not getting the lack of sleep was the biggest issue for me because I felt like I did have that training. Yeah. And I did feel like I was mm-hmm. more prepared for the sleep mm-hmm. deprivation. And I feel like I don't require as much as most people, yeah. even now, even mm-hmm. now with my kids older. And this is just kind of a self-perpetuated thing I do. But... I think the hardest part was me, for me, was the dark hours at night, mm-hmm. and no one. Um, I mean, Jeff was there, my husband was there, but, but it was the, like when I you're have nursing a, a tiny baby, you know, there's just really nothing that moments alone. that partner can yeah. can do. Like you're, yeah. but it is that beginning of whoa. I mean, I think there were moments for me where I was like, whoa, this person is a hundred percent reliant on me for their survival. So if I don't do certain things right or show up a hundred percent, this person won't make it. But I think that I think that for lots of us that trans that transfers over for a lot of years that maybe it's not necessary because I felt like I have over I have maybe overextended myself as a parent to try to like secure that feeling of they'll make it, they'll survive. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that happens to lots of women. And everybody's kids are at a different age when they decide that, oh, okay, everyone's okay, they're going to make it. Now it's my turn again. And then it's a whole nother set of challenges because it's like, well, who the hell am I anymore? And and how do I emerge this person who I was a little bit before, a little bit of that person and a little bit of this mom person melding together as an individual Who's stepping forward in something? So, so I kind of look at. I mean, this business is definitely for me this new chapter, the stepping forward, and and uh, very passionate about it. Um, but it is also with a lot of challenges, and I'm sure that this film has, you know, had you kind of working it through the folds of your brain, all these different aspects of like where am I going, and and how is this all happening and all these pieces working together as you know a filmmaker and a mom and absolutely so much juggling of so many different hats and it's you know I guess I just wanted to ask you a quick question about like if you could go back to that now you've you know you have thought about this so much and you've really inspected this this um this motherhood piece out um you've inspected it from so many different angles if you could go back to your new as yourself as a as a mother a new mother you know, what would you say? And what would you want to say to other new mothers out there who are just getting their feet into this? And um, what would you like them to know about? Yeah, I guess um, when I first um, read that question, I kind of checked them out a little bit earlier. Um, I think what I would 
say is that you will come back. You know, I mean, I think we have this thought that, you know, I mean, for me, it wasn't the baby weight. The baby weight was gone, like, whatever. For me, it just wasn't an issue. But I had other issues, you know, like, it was really super hard. The nursing was really hard. I mean, she kind of transformed my body, in fact. Yeah. um, In order to be able to nurse and do that. Um, But I guess... I think we're antsy to get our body back and get all these, you know, get the muscles working back again and stuff. But I also feel like, um, for me personally, it was until my younger daughter was three that I decided that it was time to do an adventure race. And it's not like I Mm -hmm. couldn't have done it earlier. It's just, I, you know, and, and there are all different levels of women, all different levels of different women that some of them get back right away and they Mm -hmm. want to, and they strive to get, back to their sport that they love. But for me personally, I was unwilling to be gone for a long period of time um, before um, Campbell was three. And when she turned three and I signed up for this adventure race in Patagonia, I was so ready at that time um, to, and right before that had happened, I actually had a miscarriage. And, and I think wow. I can't, I kind of, um, I realized that I didn't realize I was done, but I was done having babies. Mm-hmm. And and to really ensure that I was done, I, I got a call from one of my adventure racing friends, and he's like, hey, do you want to do that Patagonia race? And and it had been on my bucket list. It's called the um, Patagonia um, Expedition Race. And I had had it on my radar for, you know, a decade, and now was the time to do it. And so they were three and seven, and I started going up the mountain at that time at like 4.30 in the morning. This is where I feel like I was unwilling to to do it during the day because I didn't want to miss things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had the support from my husband. Um, I think he would have supported that. But I was able to do like two hours before they even woke up in the morning. But so many times it would have to be derailed because, you know, one of the moms, like if I, I was meeting different moms and women over on, on Sentinel um, you know, four or five times a week. And so somebody's kids puking, they're canceling and either you mm-hmm. go still over there or you just go back to bed. Um, but I think that what I would tell new moms is just that you are going to get back and you're actually going to be even stronger because what I found was during that time that I was training for that adventure race, um, with the weight of my kids in a trailer and hauling them around and doing daily things just Mm -hmm. like our daily life Mm -hmm. if you work uh, your training into your daily life you're not like trying to escape to go do that two-hour thing because you're just putting them in a do the biking do it um and and incorporate your children into it Mm -hmm. and you it's kind of this win-win because you know you're supposed to commute across town for a gymnastics thing um instead of getting in your car get on your bike and I feel like yeah. so many people, they just think they need to get that two hours and it needs to be something completely different than they wouldn't normally do. I just find that if I incorporated my children, uh, for me personally, it worked for for me to be probably the strongest I've ever been in my whole life yep. ready for that race. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I can absolutely agree with them. Uh, and I, I really felt like when I just had my one child, you know, it's, I think some women hit their stride with their first child and they're like, you know, they can, I mean, I felt like I hit my stride when my daughter was born. I was like, you know, after the first year, um, or even six months, uh, cause that's just kind of, you know, you're so sleep deprived and you're, 
you're tired and you're nursing and there's just so much going on. And I mean, I nursed my daughter for lots long, a long time, but I, there was something about that first like three or four months that I just needed, like there was, you can only do so much. And, and so, um, and some women hit their stride after their second or their third or fourth or whatever, you know, it's everybody's different and everybody comes back to something that feels good to them at some point. And, you know, and I think that when you're in it, and I think for me, I wasn't like feeling in it, like in a stuck kind of way until my son was born. Then I was like, uh Oh, like I am on a major. And I was on major. I just felt like major lockdown. I felt like my life was serious. And like all of a sudden, like, like getting out because I, I, you know, getting out and, and taking my kids running. I did. I mean, I did so much. The fastest I've ever been in my life were the years that I was pushing my kids in the chariot. I mean, and I know people think that that's just like not a good workout. I mean, and anybody out there listening, if you've ever pushed a child in a stroller, like running or pulled them skiing or biking, you know that it is, it is hard. And I had to do so much road running, you know, because there I am, I've got a baby and I'm like, okay, hey, like my kids napped in the chariot more than they napped anywhere. I just know that about myself. So I knew that like getting in that chariot, putting them in that chariot and getting, even if it was just 20 minutes to ride my bike to the park, it was like a break. I could break a little bit of a sweat and feel a little rejuvenated and come back and be like glad to be with them. Not always, not every time, but a lot of the times that was the break and the relief that I could like, and that was what I wanted to do. You know, I had in my mind as um, a new mother that I really wanted to, <laughs> I'm like so judgmental, you know, like before I had kids, I'm like, I'm not going to be like any, any of those other moms who like let their kids interrupt their lives, you know, so much to the point where I like set up a daycare at my work and I was like, yeah, I'm doing this. And then I have my daughter, I'm like, quit, I quit. <laughs> You know, and they're like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm totally serious. And then I was like, I I just can't imagine doing it a different way. But that's not everybody. Not everybody feels that way. And I think that like every woman, every mother, every person out there has to realize that there isn't a wrong way to do it. There's not a better way. There's not a, There's not a better way for your kids. I think it's the best way for you to raise your kids is the way that feels right for you. And... Um, I think that there can be a lot of judgment and feels like there's a lot of judgment, a lot of weight on our shoulders to do it perfectly and to show up as the perfect parent and never let our struggles out and never, you know, just keep it very internal. And I see that being really counterproductive for women. And I also want to get back to a point you made about how, uh, you know, getting up at 430 in the morning and so that you could be back in time to pack those lunches and to to see those guys off to school and all, all of that stuff, um, kind of recognizing that maybe it didn't have to be that way uh, or that your husband was willing to help you because I think a lot of women get stuck or kind of trapped in thinking that their husbands won't support them. And sometimes husbands don't. I mean, I, I, that's one of the common themes and that's part of why this podcast exists is because I see with a lot of my clients that they get out there, you know, these, these awesome women come to see me and they're like, I really want to improve this part of my health. Can you help me? And I'm like, yeah, let's get this plan together. And then they take it home and their husband's like, I'm not doing that. If mama's not happy, nobody's happy. And it really has to be that way everywhere. Like we really 
as a society need to like lift up our mothers, lift up our women, and really make their needs central. And I think in cultures that were going on before us, a lot of indigenous cultures, I think that they really have that figured out. And they really did that so much better well, than we're doing yeah. there. And they had their now. village. I mean, my, yeah. my issue is I don't have any family in town outside mm-hmm. of, you know, the one that I'm raising. And, um, you know, we don't have a village of people. And the moms that I have in my life, and, and it's different now that my children are of school age. But, you know, um, after I had my second kid, you know, we, we already kind of established, you know, the, the mom groups with the first baby you have. And it seems like when you have a second baby, um, you know, you don't have anybody that's going to watch two kids of two different ages. And it's just, it's they're just, so, and they're really, so needy, you yeah. know, that just, it feels like a yeah. heavy, heavy burden to yeah. put on someone else. So then you and you're don't. really on your own and you don't, and you, and I guess I felt like, uh, you know, a lone wolf for a while there because, um, and, and it was just, I guess I, I say that, and then I also feel like it was just fine because I had to, you know, you get on survival mode and you decide mm-hmm. what is important to you. I, I know after my second baby, I didn't enjoy trying to put that second baby down when I had a four-year-old. Um, it was almost darn near, near impossible, and so that's what we did is we got into the strollers, and she got everything, um, all of her naps, all of my second child's naps were on the run, mm-hmm. you know, going to yeah. a, you know, swimming lesson for the other one. Mm-hmm. Or, and it, she's no worse for wear. She didn't, she learned how to sleep. And, you know, there's, yep. you know, you don't end up 20 years old and not know how to sleep and how to put yourself <laughs> to bed. And, you know, we do, uh-huh. we do survive it, yeah. you know. And I'm yeah. sure my mom didn't put us all to bed. And we were, four of us were born within five years of each other. And oh my so goodness. I know that there for a while, I'm sure she didn't try to, she, you know, torture herself and try to put us all down for a nap. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. we're doing it old school over here. Yep. And so I, I also want to hear, you know, now that, you know, you've done races where you've really relied on the support of your husband. Um, and I think that's really cool. Like I, I think, you know, for me, one of my biggest stumbling blocks is like leaning on my husband because I have this, like, I have this really unhealthy idea in my head that I have to do everything because I know exactly how I want it done and nobody's going to do it right. <laughs> I had that really too. really a sucky yeah. thought. It really doesn't serve anybody well. It doesn't serve me well. So what do you want to say to, I mean, do you have it, this film you're making about mothers and you know, there's nothing, every mother involves a father. So what do you want to say? Is there anything you want to offer up to dads out there? You know, for my Patagonia training, I think what happened with me is I felt like that was my role is to, and and not only my role, but I wanted to do it. I wanted to get home to pack the lunches at seven. So I gave myself a self-perpetuating, you know, or what, like what self-imposed, I guess is the best way to put it, um, time limit. So I would have two and a half hours to myself in the morning and then I'd come back, pack the lunches, sweaty as can be, hair dripping with sweat. And, you know, just snap back into here's my role that I'm doing. And then I, you know, continue biking around with and doing mm-hmm. the life duties mm-hmm. on my bike. Yeah. And I did like 60 to 90 miles on my bike. So I did the running in the morning, then did that. Um, I think that I didn't want Jeff to think it was a problem for me to go to Patagonia. So what I ended up doing mm-hmm. is I tried to make it the least um, effect on my family. I tried yeah. to have as little impact on my family as yeah. I possibly could. 
And I think that a lot of women do that. We all, I mean, we do do that in some way. Yeah. Every woman does like, yeah, I do. And, it, and it really, that's what happened. For it me. really kind of keeps us pinned from reaching our potential. I think. Yeah. I think if I hadn't um, been so, I mean, I literally went to the race with such sleep deprivation that I was getting more mm-hmm. sleep during that race, during the race, yeah. you know, we would sleep in that adventure race because we couldn't see a darn thing. And it was a really challenging, you know, turba um, on the ground. And it was just very, you know, like you couldn't get around in the dark, even with a headlamp. You could not make your way through Patagonia on like there were no trails, zero. And um, so it was a challenge. But um, I think I tried to make, make as little impact on them as I could because I knew I was going to be gone for 18 days. And I didn't want them to think it was a mistake that we had signed up to do this. So I even, even leading up to the race, I was like, oh my gosh, I almost felt like I wanted to reach out to all my friends and say, can I bring you a meal? Yeah. So that when I'm gone, you can bring my family a meal. I was going to just roll out the red carpet. And then I'm like, one of my friends said, no, don't do that, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. You need to let people, th- people help you, support you and support you. And um, no, I didn't even want them to bring meals to my family. I wanted Jeff to step up and do those meals. And so... Um, I didn't, you know, get things in the freezer and get all that figured out. I wanted him to be the dad, and he did, and and he did great. And for 18 days, I was gone when they were seven and and three, and I felt like because I had, I did find my village, and I found um, a bunch of women that came together to help me. Mm. One especially to help me that she was kind of the coordinator of it all, and. Um, and without her, there's no way I would have been able to go. If I didn't have my web of friends and all these women that came together to help me, there's no way. I mean, it's just like for a woman to go to a race, I feel like it does require a village. Say the man goes, it's not that way. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's yeah. just it's not necessarily fair or not fair. It's it's what we actually place on ourselves as well. Right. So we, we yes. feed into that too. We do. Absolutely. I think we internalize our our surroundings as young people in a certain way and then we take it on as adults and we keep reliving it in a really unhealthy way sometimes and I love that you um I love that you were gone for 18 days when you had a three-year-old and a seven-year-old because that's really gutsy I think that a lot of women myself included would have felt like oh that's too hard I can't do that you know and it doesn't matter if it's adventure racing or um doing anything if it feels like you, I, and I think that's been one of my biggest challenges as a new mother, as a mother period is feeling stifled, you know, whether we're getting stifled by ourselves or because, you know, we're feeling judged by other people. I think that those challenges are real. Um, they feel real. I don't think that they're necessarily things that we always have to listen to and subscribe to. I always like to tell my kids or anybody that feelings are not always a reliable guide to action. And I think that a lot of times we have to take those feelings where we either feel like we're being judged or we're judging ourselves and maybe set them aside for a little bit and go, yeah, I'm going to you know, notice those feelings, but I'm going to go ahead anyways and do this thing and I'm going to keep figuring this problem up. Because it kind of like sounds like to you, because you had set this race out to do um, that you had six months to organize your life around it. And, and that includes training, and, um, and, you know, I did also get up really early 
to get a ski in before, like when my kids were really little and then I'd have them all day. So I'd be getting up at four thirty in the morning to get a skin in. And then I would just feel like by three o'clock in the afternoon, like I was a drunk water Buffalo that I could hardly even like think. And it was really hard because the day was far from being over. So anyways, um, with this film, you know, um, I just want to wish you good luck. I, I think that it's really, it's a really great story that needs to get out there. And I think that anybody listening today could really um, gather a lot of information that, you know, kind of connects us as people and as women kind of having these same sort of battles with ourselves, no matter like who it is you're looking at or, or they look like they've got their stuff so together or whatever, you know, we're all kind of in this together. And so how can we put our minds on moving forward? And, and some of that is just opening up the conversation. So thank you so much, Elizabeth. Is there anything else you want to add or say? I don't think so. I feel like you covered it pretty well. Uh, well, thanks for coming today. This is really great. I really hope that this is good food for thought for people. Um, and also when Elizabeth does come out with this film, I really want you all to go see it because I think it's in a really, it's a really an important message that's, uh, really, really underrepresented in the film industry and just in, in general conversation as well. A lot of really important issues are brought up. So thanks again. Have a great day.